0: Good morning. Welcome to The Worker's Mike right here on 720 WGN, powered by the Midwest Coalition of Labor. My name is Ken Edwards with the Midwest Coalition of Labor. Sitting to my left is Ed Maher with the International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 150. Good morning, Ed. Good morning, Ken. Welcome back. Thank you so much. We missed you. It feels
1: like I haven't seen you in forever.
0: It has been a while. Um, I was traveling. I was uh, in New York. Um, Hunting sharks, if I remember correctly. I was visiting family and doing a little fishing, Ed. Yeah and were there sharks involved there were some sharks involved yeah we caught some some sharks let them go catch and release yeah and then uh, from there I caught basically nothing for the next week and a half (laughs) that's why they call it fishing not catching that sounds like a lot of fun (laughs) it was fun I had a good time I listened to your shows and I listened to Phil sitting in for me and uh, thank you thank you Phil you guys did a great job Phil is Phil is always a treat on the show thank you Phil for always coming in yeah for sure thanks Phil um yeah, it was uh anyway, it was it was refreshing to see family and, and friends and spend a little time on the water, so that was good. Yeah. Yeah. Um I heard you uh went to see a concert this weekend. Yeah, the uh, was it when was it? Was it last week? No, it was on uh what was it?
1: Thursday, Thursday night. Thursday. Yeah, Guns and Roses. Awesome. Yeah, they should call it Guns and Roses and uh I don't know, flames or something because it was 110 degrees outside. <laughs>
0: How, was it was it a good show? It was good.
1: I never saw Guns and Roses before, but uh, you know, Axel is still uh, able to move around a little bit, and he can still kind of sing. And
0: well, you know that my son's middle name is Axel. Yeah, Evan Axel.
1: Yeah, it was a cool cool concert to see. And
0: I mean, Slash is. I mean, he's there's only one. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I'm glad that you got to see him. I have been lucky enough to see him way back in the day. Um, so always put on a good show. Yeah? yeah, concerts at Wrigley are a good time too. I've never seen one. Yeah, it's worth checking out.
1: You're a Cubs fan? Uh you know what? I'm I would say that I'm a Cubs fan, but I don't I, I haven't followed baseball too closely these last few years. It's uh, there's not much to love in the Chicago
0: baseball scene right now. You're a typical Cubs fan in fair weather.
1: Yeah, for sure. I'm, <laughs> i I make no bones about it. <laughs> Yeah. Well, the last couple of years, I'd rather read a catalog than uh, watch baseball. You know, <laughs> Chicago baseball, at least. Yeah, it is. Uh, it is a boring sport, in my humble opinion. So, wow. Yeah, I know. Yeah, well. you're more into the uh, action-packed uh, fishing. <laughs> Standing there, doing nothing. <laughs> yeah, that's action-packed.
0: Good point. It, it was, makes baseball look just terrible. It's barely a sport. No, it's not a sport. So, what do we got this week? We got a. There's a ton of stuff. I. You know, you had. Uh, mentioned something that i wanted to comment on um uh, about starbucks and and i I just want to start with that really quickly and just say a couple of words about it and that is you had talked about some of the um starbucks stores dropping flyers on their break rooms about how to decertify the union right right and you know shockingly um they're going to try and get rid of the unions right well, yeah,
1: they waited, they, they let the elections happen, they sat idle for a year, wouldn't negotiate, and now that the, the year has passed, they're going to start the decertification process.
0: And and let me say something on that, and, and it's this, and that is, as a union, Starbucks Workers United, I think is what they're called, right. you need to tell your members... Um, it's called inoculation. You need to tell them what's going to happen. Right. Like winning the election. I hate to say it. Is, the easy is, part. It's the easy part, right? It's like okay, yeah, rah rah. We're gonna we're gonna join a union. Yay. Get in the first contract is really hard, especially when you're going up against a company like Starbucks that has you know more money than God. They have there's and and understands fully well that there's zero penalty for not negotiating hmm. Right. Yeah. And what? What's Why the, would they negotiate? They're literally not negotiating. And then you let the year go by and go up. Oh, now you can get rid of the union because they haven't done anything for you. And look, yet. they're so, ineffective. But so we're, but we're making them ineffective. Right. You know, I mean,
1: but your your point is is 100 percent correct. If you tell workers now that we're here, this is what your employer is going to do. Right. Uh, because, you know, um, union avoidance folks uh, that work within the, the human resources field. They have a playbook. And And the the playbook's pretty much the same everywhere. It has
0: been the same for decades. So decades.
1: If people see if you tell them this is what they're going to do now, then they see it. It's like, okay, well, you know, the the union actually uh, you know knows what's going on here. And if you can take them off of your off of their playbook, which is what uh, you know we always talk about here. That's how you are successful in any kind of organizing or getting to a contract, because if you take them out of their
0: playbook, they generally don't seem to think too quickly on their feet. They don't. So I think uh, it's incumbent upon unions, you know, these nascent unions, the, the Starbucks and the Amazons and, you know, grocery workers and Trader Joe's and these companies, you know, that are being organized by, you know, independent unions, if you will, that learn that that piece of piece of organizing and that is give an inoculation when i organize i would actually give the guys a uh, a handbook and it had all the flyers in it that we've seen else place or all the other places and sure enough their employers would use the exact same thing they would just change the name and so the the guys felt that like oh you know 150 knows what they're talking about or the union knows what they're talking about so it helped them alleviate like oh my god they just put something on a bulletin board who cares right you know and and the thing about this is i wanted to just end with this and we'll take a quick break and then get, get into the the heart of the show but You know, Joe Biden and your administration, you know, change the labor laws, for Christ's sakes. Please, just, like, make Starbucks pay for breaking the law, right? right? It is blatantly illegal to refuse to bargain and bargain in good faith, but refuse to bargain at all. And what's the penalty? You post a notice and say, I'm going to bargain now, and I'm going to bargain in good faith, quote, unquote. Uh, You know, so, so there's no penalty for it. Um, and then you know, it just once again. I think we had that that guy. I can't remember his name, but he wrote that book. David Madland, I think, is his name. Mm-hmm. And he said, you know, it's criminal how how you know lax these labor laws are. And, you know, yes, it's great with the infrastructure bill and, and, you know, the Inflation Reduction Act and great work and all that kind of great stuff. But we really do need a sea change in labor law because it hasn't been changed since the 1930s,
1: Ed. Well, we talked last week about how um, the General Counsel of the National Labor Relations Board, Jennifer Abruzzo, is trying to bring card check back. It's awesome. Through, um, you know, through old cases. Uh, It was called the silk ivy or ivy silk is what they called the policy at the nlrb but this is something that we've been pushing whether it was the uh, employee free choice act mm-hmm. and now it's part of the pro act and it just sits in congress and nothing happens i should know the name of that case as a, as a union labor lawyer yeah i don't
0: well you joy know, silk or something like that something joy yeah.
1: silk i think that's what it was uh, There you um, go. all
0: right ken yeah <laughs> Um, but uh, but yeah. But so- here's the thing, though, Ed. I mean, that's great. Card check is wonderful. We have card check in the public sector here in Illinois, right? And guess what? It, you know, I used to show charts of where we were. You know, just in my, in our own union, one hundred and fifty, and that's that was my job as public sector. And you know, here was the chart, and we were sort of, you know. Increasing by 5%, 10%, and then, you know, card check came in and whoa, big spike, right? Because the cards became our election. We didn't have to worry about the anti union campaigns anymore and things like that. That's great, but that doesn't didn't get us to a first contract. Right. What we passed in Illinois, which I'm saying that should be passed nationally, is interest arbitration. First contracts can't get to a contract, make the party sit down. If they can't negotiate a contract, they have to go to arbitration, right. binding arbitration on a first contract, winner take all on each issue. And you know, we've talked about this, we'll talk about it again. That is the the, the way to solve this problem. Just pass first contract interest arbitration for
1: sure and i and I, I i couldn't agree more with you and what what i'm sort of getting at is um that jennifer abruzzo has recognized that things aren't happening in congress and so card check there's a way to get there just within the nlrb right so maybe there are ways to get some of this other stuff done you know within the agencies interest arbitration i don't know that i mean that's a that's a big one but she has indicated that she sees workers being taken advantage of sure. all over the country, and she's going to find ways getting to, rid of
0: captive audience. To meetings. level, yeah, right. exactly.
1: To level the playing field, and she's a she's a, a
0: bulldog. I'm a fan. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a huge fan. Where did she come from? She was uh, she was with a union. I can't remember what it was. SCIU, maybe. Yeah. I can't remember off the top know. of my head. But yeah. uh, we, we I saw her speak in Chicago. We, we should research stuff before we get on the air. Yeah, it takes a long time. It does. Yeah, t- it, it's like Google.
1: Yeah, I'm. Yeah. I'm just watching TikTok while I drive all the way down here. So, I, you know, it puts me at ease, it gets me nice and relaxed before the show. Hey, uh, we will.
0: We got to take a quick break. We're um, going to come back and we got to talk, talk about real, we'll UAW. Talk, yeah, we'll talk some serious big news. Serious on the UAW stuff. strike coming up. All right, we will be right back with more of the Workers' Mike right here on 720 WGN.
2: You're listening to the Workers' Mike, powered by the Midwest Coalition of Labor and sponsored by Megan Financial, Premise Health, and Voya Financial. Welcome back, everyone, to The Worker's Mike right here on 720 WGN.
0: I'm Ken with the Midwest Coalition of Labor. Sitting next to me is Ed with the Operating Engineers Local 150. Hey-o. hey oh. Um, hey. So, big, big news. Um, yeah, just Friday. Yeah, uh, UAW members, uh, which is United Auto Workers, voted to go on strike. Yeah, they, they authorized the strike. Um, against the big three.
1: Um, GM, General Motors, Ford, Ford. And then Stellantis. What's is Stellantis? Stellantis is Chrysler, Dodge, ah. Jeep, and Ram. Okay, I did not. Know so that. it's like the it's still the big three. Just yeah. Um, but yeah, it was ninety-seven uh, percent of their members voted to authorize a strike. Um, I think the contract expires. I want to say in, soon. Yeah, it's in like two weeks. Yeah. Um, so that's one hundred forty-five thousand people. And that's about the same size as the workforce with, uh, UPS. with UPS, if I'm not mistaken. So yep. if this strike goes forward, it'll be enormous, and it would push 2023 to one of the biggest strike years
0: probably in American history. You know, I read, um, and, and if you remember, you know, just going backwards to the recession, right? Uh, you know, these car makers, like the banks, were too big to fail. And uh, I think everybody but Ford Took a bailout, mm. uh, you know, taxpayer money, Yeah, I think that's bailing, right. bailing them out, and I'm not, I'm not saying I disagree with it, um, but they they took a bailout. But the, you know, what you don't hear about is the workers, right? The UAW members on the assembly line took hits on their wages, their pensions. Uh, they went to two tiers on, on wages, et cetera. They also shared in the pain, and lo and behold, when things got better, you think they shared in the gains? No, of course not. <laughs> of course not. It's, Come on, Ken. We're, we're still in America. It's, yeah. still, it's still a capitalist society. That's so, exactly so right. I, I read a, uh, I read a, um, a, a quote or or a, a number here, um, and I have to hold on a second. I have to get a, I have to read the number here. Do you have a monocle. Well, weren't you talking about monocle?
1: I mean, it's only—it's funny on radio when you break out a monocle and don't say anything. <laughs> but
0: yes, I have a monocle.
1: Ken has a monocle. I mean, I knew your age was rapidly advancing, okay. but I didn't know so, it had gotten to uh, that. So
0: now, in using my monocle, I just read that in uh, 2023, I think last year, uh, they built and made a quarter of a trillion dollars in profits. A quarter, not between a quarter, the big three, not, not a quarter of a million, not a quarter of a billion, a quarter of a trillion dollars in profits. CEO pay, shockingly, went up forty percent. Yeah, forty percent. Right. It's forty percent of a giant number. Right. It's an enormous industry, <laughs> and <laughs> and what it, what it, what it, workers' wages over that same period uh, increased six percent. Right, and, and and of a smaller number,
1: and the UAW has been fighting uh, also where they're building these battery plants yes. that are being subsidized by things like uh, the the Chips Act and uh, some of these other federal uh, funding bills. They're they're building these battery plants for automobiles, like the one that's coming up in Indiana and in New Carlisle that's going to serve, I think, General Motors. But the people who work there are making roughly half of the starting wage of a UAW employee and in why, an auto why plant.
0: Is, why is that?
1: Uh, because, because they're spinning them off and calling them different companies. Well, for now, I think the answer is because they can. Yeah. But these battery employees are making a lot of noise, and I think that you know, with with some other things, the federal government's taken an approach like if you're going to get federal subsidies, yes, you're going to do the right thing. You're gonna you're gonna go with the the spirit of these subsidies, which is to help workers. So I, I'm hoping to see some kind of action where uh, they get some support to to join the UAW as UAW members that. You know, just like the people working on the assembly lines, if they're making the batteries, it's the same thing as the guys who used to make the engines, course, who were of you course. Know, and and fledged members. I
0: think there's a couple of pronged approach, right? The UAW needs to obviously go out and organize. Number two, don't be double breasted these companies, right? Don't don't spin off a company and go, well, that company's non union, even right. though it's a, it's the same company. So that's they're, what double breasting. Yes, you use that term, right? Uh, tell us what that
1: uh, it's a a company
0: that has a a union shop if you will and then a non-union shop and you know it it happens all the time um it's it's enough to drive you crazy they just it's almost like um if you've ever heard of the texas two-step where uh, a company declares bankruptcy in texas and they move all their assets to another company and they call it you know johnson and johnson two and they're protected from bankruptcy and the the company that is in bankruptcy has no more money to pay Right. It's literally called the Texas Two Step. Interesting. Uh, yeah, companies go double breasted, so they'll have a union division, and then oh, lo and behold, they'll have a non-union division where they make, for example, batteries, and mm-hmm. they're going to pay their workers less. Yeah, that that also needs to stop. Um, so UAW, I think, you know, hopefully can can rectify that uh, in, in this set of negotiations, and unfortunately, a strike. But you know what else can can happen is, like you just said, Ed. I think, and it makes perfect sense. If if Companies are taking money, right, taking grants and and getting U.S. dollars, which are taxpayers' dollars, right? It's your your and mine and all our listeners' money, and taking those dollars and cents – and using them to make a profit yeah there should be a prevailing wage for anything that t- that touches taxpayer money
1: well for sure the end, and right? the, the u.s department of labor we talked about this maybe two weeks ago yeah they revised prevailing wage laws for the first time in however yeah just because so many of these uh incentives and subsidies were were taken to build factories in the south right where you could do it with a lower wage workforce sure. so people were like okay well we'll yeah we'll build factories and we'll mm-hmm. build them where we have the cheapest available labor possible, right. and the federal government just said, "like, not happening." If if you're going to do this and you're going to, you know, try to sort of uh, exploit a loophole in this uh, this funding that's supposed to benefit middle class workers, right. you're going to pay, you know, higher wages. You're just going to, or or don't take the subsidies. We're not we're not here as taxpayers to help the rich get richer.
0: And how right? does uh, and once again. Go back to this, Ed, because you know you, you've said this well in the past. How does a prevailing wage work? What is it based on? Um, it's based on the
1: what we would call prevailing or the most common wage rate paid for a kind of work in within a geographic area. So, if uh, you know if a hundred thousand people are carpenters in Ken County, South Carolina, mm-hmm. what is the most common wage or like you know the the most you know, frequently paid wage for that work. That would be the prevailing wage. And down and, there, because it's a right-to-work state, it's probably 15 bucks an right, hour. Right, it's a lot lower than it would be here, but right. any anything where federal dollars are being used, uh, you know, in a place like South Carolina, some states have their own prevailing wage laws, but using South Carolina as an example, um, you know, you have to, if you're taking taxpayer dollars to, to build that yeah. or to, you know, fund a project, you have to pay that prevailing wage. And the idea is you're not going to use taxpayer money to undercut a labor market that's right
0: and so uh, the, the concept is a floor right, right. Uh, of a wage and you would rather obviously work in a place that has high union density thus the prevailing wage itself is higher yeah right because union density equals higher wages right in these southern states and places that are right to work states that don't have high union density the prevailing wage is lower it just seems to me Kind of simple. I know we're off topic from the UEW for a second, but it just seems to be like like hey everybody, join a union, boost up the wages, and you're helping not only yourself but you're helping people that aren't in a union yet. Right, right, for look, sure. Like, look, look what the Teamsters just did. Right? Mm-hmm. They, they settled with UPS, and you know laugh what you, laugh about it, right? And you remember Larry Sanders. Remember that yeah. TV show? That was a good show. It, it was a funny show. And there was an episode where, you know, somebody in, in his world wanted, he just they gave him a job at the show, and he, all, all the guy wanted to do was work at UPS, and they kind of made fun of it, like, oh, that's so funny, and he's like, why do you, oh, I have to wear shorts and drive in a, you know, a truck and, you know, whatever, that'd be my job. Well, now that job pays $170,000 between wages and benefits. Right. Guess what? I wouldn't mind driving around in a truck wearing it's a good shorts job. that's now air conditioned. Good jobs, and, and You have to fight for them. And why shouldn't you? And UPS yep. is making a ton of money. And right. I don't know. I think I, I I didn't see UPS stock take a take a dive. Right. Right. So. So we're we're off of the the UAW. We should we got to it. Yeah, we'll okay. take a, a quick break. Yeah, we'll take a quick break. We'll wrap and, up UAW look, and get into a few other things. Uh, that's, I I gotta stop running my mouth. Yes, you do. Sorry. <laughs>
1: All right, All right. Uh, stay with us. We'll be right back for more workers' Mike here on seven twenty WGN.
2: You're listening to the Workers' Mike, powered by the Midwest Coalition of Labor and sponsored by Megan Financial, Premise Health, and Voya Financial.
1: Welcome back, everybody, to The Worker's Mike right here on 720 WGN. Uh, Which, uh, did you know, do you know what WGN stands for? I just found
0: out. Did you? Yeah. Where'd you find out? World's greatest newspaper, even though it's a radio station. It is a radio station. It makes zero sense to me. Well, it was owned by the Chicago Tribune. But why would you name a radio station world's greatest newspaper? I think the
1: newspaper owned the radio station, so they just thought it would be fun to plug the newspaper in the name of the radio station.
0: That's interesting. I don't I don't dislike it. It sounds kind of like an urban myth, to be honest with you. I think it's true. You think it's true? It sounds like it's true, but well, you would think we would know because we're on the show, like we're on this actual station. Uh, Like, you would think we would know what these letters stand
1: for. I bet our loyal listeners probably know better than we do right now, but that's going to change because we're going to go on a fact-finding mission this week, and we're going to get to the bottom of this.
0: We're going to get to the history of WGN. (laughs) WGN, that's great. Yeah, looking forward to it. Absolutely. So, so let's, let's finish up on, on the UAW because we got off topic. We did. We did
1: indeed, as we very often do. But uh, the um, the UAW, they are, um, you know, they're looking for cost of uh, living adjustments to their wages. They're looking to stop this tiered system of workers where, um, you know, older workers have sort of the legacy pay and benefits sure. and they bring in new workers at lower pay lower benefits because in any industry when companies do that they slowly watch the older workers retire or if they have to lay people off they'll lay off the older workers and then you wind up with a workforce of low pay low benefit workers and it's it takes time to do and companies always think that they're so clever and they're just going to sneak this through but um you know it's 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 blatant it's clear um the big three are doing that and so uaw wants to fight back against that um so over the next couple of weeks uh you know the contract is going to near expiration and the members have as we said in the last segment by a 97 to 3 margin um, percentage, uh, not workers. There's 145,000 of them. They've authorized a strike, so they're ready. Uh, they will go out, and it will impact the auto
0: industry if they do. Well, it's got to it's bring it to a screeching halt because, yeah. you know, I, I read a couple of things that um, some of the automakers are sending out messages to their middle management, like, hey, everybody, get ready to work on the line. Yeah. Well, get, that means, you know, in planning, get ready to lose three fingers and, yeah. a, you know, a foot because you have no idea what you're doing. Well, the
1: terminology was... All the white collar workers better be ready to do blue collar labor. Yeah, and good luck. And we, we talked about that a little bit last week when, yeah. um, you know, we at Local 150, we had a strike in the material producing pits uh, yeah, and quarries last remember. summer. Uh-huh. And you take supervisors and you have them loading trucks all of a sudden. Yeah. And within the first. You know, two hours of the strike, there were trucks flipping over because they'd been loaded, you know, it, without the proper balance. So yeah. people are good at their jobs. People should be kind of left and trusted to do their jobs. And if you think you can just plug in management and they will know how to make cars... Uh, you know get ready for recalls i'm thinking but it's uh, it doesn't yeah, don't serve the don't,
0: public don't buy a car made during a strike that's a good point <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> that is a very good thought and also if you're a middle management you know just refuse to cross a picket line refuse to do struck works just that's say right. just say no like i'm not going i'm not gonna do that and you know how you can do it and still save your job you can say that i'm in reasonable fear for my safety because i don't know what i'm doing and that action is protected by the national labor relations act I think I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna gonna caveat that with I think yeah So, one so so of you, one of you, test it out. <laughs> yeah. But hey, listen, I, I hope that uh, UAW gets what uh, they have coming to them. They work very, very hard. They've taken a, a lot of pain and suffering. Right. You know, you're watching still to this day. You know, companies shipping these jobs overseas. Um, you know, I think it's incumbent on both the United States to be blunt with you to insource that work again. We're we're starting to see it. You know, penalize companies for for shipping work overseas or to Mexico where you get low wage workers, et cetera um because you know it's just a race to the bottom and then uaw you know go get them and also uaw go organize the south right i know it's a easier said than done but right. you gotta, gotta keep slugging at that you gotta keep swinging at organizing the plants in the south right yeah Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, you, you got to do it. So anyway, we, we wish them all the luck. And we'll, we'll, and we'll, be talking we'll Yeah, about we'll keep that. up on this. What else? There's another uh, there's another strike, right? Uh,
1: so in Joliet over this past week, uh, about 500 nurses that were with Ascension Health. It's a hospital system in Joliet. Yeah. They went on a two-day strike.
0: And then what was the, and by the way, for those of you that are, are not in the Chicagoland area, Joliet is a suburb of Chicago, but it's a city. Right. It's actually a relatively large city. Um, I think it's probably like the third or fourth largest city in the state illinois and it's about what 90 miles from the 60 miles from it's chicago?
1: probably 50 60 miles yeah. from,
0: from downtown which is 16 hours in chicago traffic <laughs> <laughs> yeah
1: yeah especially on uh, on a sunday um but uh they uh so the the nurses said that they were going to go out on a two-day strike and uh you know I, i'm never a fan of saying how many days you're going to go out on strike i mean n- nurses it's challenging because. Yeah. You're leaving a community uh you know well you're leaving people help us right yeah. so um when they came back to go back to work after two days they were locked out so the, the hospital locked them out for two additional days yeah. saying that you we're going to show you well they had to hire that what they said was they had to hire temporary staffing right. uh, f- of nurses and to do that they had to promise in the contract they would provide at least four days of work so it was a two-day strike followed by a two-day lockout and then uh, workers
0: uh returned to work Uh, yesterday, Saturday, first of all, can you get unemployment when they lock you out? Yes. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure if there's a waiting period or not. Second of all, you know, if you're a temp agency and you're filling jobs that people are literally striking over shame on you. Right, right. Don't don't do that. Don't be a strike breaker. Don't be a scab. I mean, that's your that's, weekly shame on you. From ten, yeah. Just, just don't send them there. Just are you. You got a million nurses at your disposal, and do you want those nurses? By the way, taking care of your elderly parents—the ones that are willing to cross a picket line and you know take somebody else's job? No, you don't. And one of the things that that drove this strike was that hospital
1: system used to have, I think, eight hundred nurses. And now they're down to about 500 Um, people are leaving and they're not being replaced. And the workers are seeing, you know, they're, they're friends. They talk to each other like any workers. And the people who leave that system are finding jobs as nurses elsewhere and getting raises of you know 30 35% so it's a staffing question it's a pay question i mean like anything you get what you pay for and if you're if you're one of 10 hospitals that nurses can choose to work at and you pay lower than anyone else sure. you're not going to get the best the best people out there come, so come work for uh,
0: the MCL clinics and Premise Health
1: yeah. Right? It's expanding five health centers this year. Yeah,
0: we'll be talking about that coming up in the next couple of weeks, but uh, you know, come 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 work for the people. Um and enjoy what you do by the way. Right. So, um so they're back to work now. They're back to work. Okay. Um, you know, and they're, they're
1: still fighting for a contract, uh, but they will, they will be back to work.
0: And speaking of strikes, obviously we'd be remiss to not talk about the actors and, and the writers and the writers strike. That's still going on. There was an, uh, what I thought was pretty cool here in Chicago. Um, this, the cast, uh, and crew of Chicago PD, mm-hmm. which I think is Chicago police department. You
1: think, i Do you, sure think, do you, do you think that Ken PD stands for police department? Well,
0: I think that's a pretty good guess. Yeah, that's my educated guess. Yeah. Um, so there's there's like a Chicago everything, right? Chicago Fire, Chicago police and blah blah blah, right? Yeah. I don't know. The
1: Bear. They should have just called that Chicago beef. <laughs>
0: Good one. <laughs>
1: I don't know. Chicago beef. <laughs> I love that show.
0: I did I watched the first few. I didn't I didn't love it. Well, whatever. Whatever. It's anyway. pretty highbrow stuff. It's very highbrow. Um but the the cast uh, stepped up and uh, they, they um dropped in some money to help out their out-of-work what are called PAs, and PAs are production assistants, and they are literally like the people on a television show or a movie set that... You know, clean go up, get coffee, cl- go yeah, clean up spilled milk, right? Yeah, it's the lowest of the entry level ways
1: into and the people who are most impacted immediately when work stops.
0: And they're probably making, you know, really a, a low wage to begin with. So so these folks from Chicago PD, the cast and the crew, they stepped up and, and they dropped some money in to help these folks out. So kudos to them for doing that. I, th- I think that's awesome. And if you've been following, you know, the, the, uh, actors, especially a bunch of high profile actors have started to drop in seven figure numbers into a fund to help out, uh, actors that are you know about to lose their house and you know you know can't make the rent and um drew carey i think did the bob's big boy free meals for for everybody really yeah i didn't hear about that yeah he funded it um so so they're starting to take care of their own and you know i will go back to this i i continue to think that there should be something called a forever fund or, or make something else up but for these Actors and actresses and baseball players and football players and basketball players and people that have gotten unbelievably rich right drop some money back into uh, you know a fund to take care of like the nurses that went on strike because those nurses are the ones that went to see your movie right the the working class made you a multi millionaire right if not a billionaire because they went and they bought your product. they go to your concerts they buy your t-shirts uh, that's that's your audience right give back you know Taylor Swift yeah I was just about to say she dropped like a hundred G's uh, 100 grand to her truck drivers for the yeah, for each
1: one and I forget how many there were but it, it, it was not small yeah it was like a 50 million dollar spend on her
0: part God bless her for doing that yeah right? for, i mean that that's really really cool, and that's the spirit i think of, of what I'm trying to I
1: was reading talk about. about when she had donated that uh donated the money to the truck drivers who you know pull around all the lighting and the pieces of the stage and yeah. all you know all the pyrotechnics and whatever, and a lot of times it's um you know, people who are away from home for forty weeks out of the year. Yeah, these people are not. I mean, they're they're working, but they're they're not well off. So they're working on the most high profit tour of all time by far. <laughs> right. and she's giving them a taste of it. You know, it was it's, it's her nice. decision and her dad's decision. I think. Oh, is that right? Um, yeah. But uh, with the with the Screen Actors Guild, you know, you think of actors as very very they've all got to be millionaires, right? But the reality couldn't be any further from that. the The Screen Actors Contract is almost like setting minimums right you know and the people the vast majority of screen actors uh and writers i mean they get residual checks for like less than a dollar in the mail they'll get a check that is some of that less than the stamp that it was uh (laughs) that was used to mail it to them um so i think dwayne the rock johnson was the first one to pledge a million dollars and then george clooney and meryl streep joined in and said hey we're going to start working and and a a
0: few more have as well yeah they got up to i think 15 million dollars it's fantastic Yeah, it's, it's absolutely fantastic. Yeah. I, and I think that... More of that. Listen, absolutely more of that. And, and whatever the silver lining, in my opinion, is that this strike by the writers and the actors and actresses at, at, at the same time has really shined a spotlight, an enormous spotlight on labor. Right. Yeah. Because it's the most high profile strikes, uh, you know, other than like a baseball players or football players, etc. And you haven't you don't see a lot of those anymore. This is really, really high profile. And And almost
1: 90 percent of Americans support the strike. I think it was 87 percent was the number
0: last week. And they're talking now labor parlance. Right. They're talking unions. And all of a sudden, the actors and actresses, I think, have sort of had an epiphany, if you will. That's a you know what? Maybe we're not as much of a guild anymore as we are. A labor union yeah right an actual union and maybe we should need to start talking about unions and working people and working class and wage conditions you know or wages and and conditions of employment and and things that are that you know we of course in the building trades have been talking about since you know the industrial revolution right (laughs) but uh it it seems like it's starting to get into you know the, the vernacular if you will of uh public discussion and it needs to be and that's a good thing Right? Yeah. So if there's any silver lining over the strike, it's that these issues are now coming to the forefront. Yeah.
1: We need we need to see this uh we need to see a big a big win here for the length of this fight they they need to win and when they do and like you said, they need to win big. Right. Right? And they'll show everyone else this is this is what you can do. The fight is not a fun one, Yeah. But, uh the people will struggle during the fight but uh but at the end of it if it's if it if it protects the work for the next generation for the next 10 20 years it'll it will have
0: been worth it. yeah I think that's right I, I you know more to come on that. I know that they're finally back talking again. I know that the uh, studios you know made a little you know move that they thought was clever to release their proposals directly to the members and the yeah. members literally scoffed at it and said, you know like oh yeah yeah right we we all reject that proposal <laughs> right right like ooh, smart move studios yeah. like, who's advising you yeah a little
1: miscalculation there <laughs> yeah, like, like let us tell you this terrible proposal yeah,
0: you know what if you hear it directly from us you will take this horrible proposal yeah backfire yeah really a terrible idea we've so, got to take a quick break yeah we'll take a quick break and then we'll come back we'll finish up the show you've been listening to the workers mike right here on 720 wgn
2: you're listening to The Worker's Mic, powered by the Midwest Coalition of Labor and sponsored by Megan Financial, Premise Health, and Voya Financial.
1: Everybody, welcome back to The Worker's Mic
0: right here on 720 WGN. Good to be back. Good to be back. So, real quick, um, I know we only have a couple minutes. This guy, I don't know anything about him. His name is Jake Paul. Apparently, he uh, was like a Disney... Person when he was young, and then started a, a YouTube channel, something to do with like fighting Mis- mixed. What do they call it? Mixed, martial arts, mixed martial arts, Yeah. something like that. And everybody thought he was kind of like a. Uh, I don't know. Uh, he w- he wasn't the most popular person in the world, but he made trillions of dollars uh, doing whatever it is he he did. Trillions, yeah, trillions. That's it's, a lot. It, it's uh, it is a. Uh, it's almost what Elon Musk makes. Yeah. Um, but now he's trying to start a union for MMA
1: fighters. So I know he's trying to start a rival to the UFC because his it's always been his position that you know the top people the top fighters in the UFC make a ton of money and everybody else makes nothing and the owner uh president CEO whatever of UFC Dana White and Jake Paul have a lot of feuds uh going on and and I mean I'm I'm not an enormous Jake Paul fan I've always gotten the sense that he's a guy who uh had a youtube channel saying i'm going to be the greatest boxer in the world i'm the greatest boxer in the world and he would trot out you know like uh people who were 10 years past their prime and he'd beat up on him a little bit in an amateur fight and say look at i'm beating a champion here but i mean he he fought mayweather um he fought uh, anderson silva the the ufc guy who yeah. was was great for a long time And i think the two of them are actually working together to try and start this union i still think if you put jake paul in the ring with anybody who's right at the top of their game i mean understandably so he's not a he's not a, a, a total long time fighter he's just getting into this uh but i think he would uh, get destroyed by anybody who's actually at the top of their game well i hope jake paul
0: actually listens to this and comes and kicks your ass well he
1: might he might so i guess that's the challenge i'm you're are challenging we, we him challenge to fight Jake Paul yeah why not <laughs> You hear that, Jake? I'm pretty sure he doesn't listen. I'm, I'm I'm actually banking on the fact
0: that he doesn't. Yeah, well, guess... I'm making guess, fun of him, but he would, uh, you know... Guess, I, guess who's sending him this clip? <laughs> Jake Paul's going to kick your ass. Everybody. And more importantly, Jake Paul started a union. So Jake, And he said, you know, and once again, say what you want. I don't, I don't know anything about him. But he did say, he's like, God, this is hard. He's like, this is not yeah. as easy as I thought. He's like, there's a lot that goes into us. We're dumping a lot of money into this You know this what? As well. I'll tell you
1: what. I, I appreciate his efforts, and so I'm going to go ahead and withdraw my
0: challenge to fight jake paul oh you can't too late okay fine i'm in then yeah you're, t- you're totally in bring it jake all right you know where the fight's gonna be uh um, pennsylvania you know why why is that because pennsylvania right now is pushing for a four-day
1: work week they are How for cool any that for any company that has more than 500 employees wow they uh it, it, it was just introduced as a bill um so we'll see where it goes sometimes these types of things fail for a couple years before they get enough steam to get done but the fact that it's uh being seriously discussed in a state or a commonwealth if you will uh, like pennsylvania yeah um that's a big deal and there have been a lot of companies uh and there was a study i think in the united states and canada where a number of companies we reported on it here on the show I i think it was germany was it germany yeah okay well they they tested it out and found that companies that did this, the yep. workers, were really, uh, they were really happy. And at the end of it, when it was like, what kind of pay increase would it take for you to go back to five days a week? And there was like,
0: like you couldn't. <laughs> you couldn't do it. They're, yeah.
1: they're just like, I'll quit if I go back to five days a week. But now you work four days a week, right? What's that? You work four days a I week. I work seven days a week, baby. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, if the, the companies that did it, they
0: found that their productivity uh, went up. I mean, people were so. Up- when I was doing contracts, Ed, and in, in, in one hundred and fifty land, um, and this this happens in, in lots of industries. Uh, unions will go in and negotiate what we call four tens, right, um, or or twelves, uh, and, and a lot of nurses have that. They go three twelves uh, mm-hmm. on, and then two days off. And the four tens were I- extremely popular. The, the downside for us was. It had a, a negative effect on overtime, unfortunately, because it took away the ability to work some overtime in the morning and potentially in the afternoons, yeah. right? Because you're working ten-hour days instead of eight-hour days, so you're shorting the the potential for, sure. for overtime by two two hours. The trade-offs, however, were enormous. Having three-day uh, weekends or three days off in a row, meaning. You can give your spouse a break at home, take care of the kids, spend more time with the family. They were very, very popular. And, you know, to a, to a person, if we could get four-day work weeks, I think, you know, who wouldn't like that?
1: Yeah, I mean, I I think, uh, you know, if it's good for the company, and all the studies that have been done in, in different countries have shown that productivity does not go down. Productivity, in many cases, is better uh, with happier employees sure. that feel like they have more time. So the workers are happy. Businesses are staying just as, if not more, profitable. Right? It's it's a win-win, and so it's good to see that uh, something that workers have wanted for a long time
0: is, uh, a, is, is being taken would seriously. Would Pennsylvania be the first states do or first commonwealth i guess but uh, to do that probably, i don't know right? i mean
1: it's oh. qualified by companies over 500 people i don't know if anybody if any other state has tried to to do something i'm not aware of any state that's been successful but i think it's uh, it's a conversation being had across well, the country we'll Right defi- now,
0: we'll definitely keep an eye on that but All right, listen we will uh, see you next week um which will be our pre-labor day show that's right right um, that'll be fun. Uh, we'll have some cool news and surprises for you guys, maybe even some prizes and contests. Yeah. And that's uh, that's it for this week. We'll be back next week right here on 720 WGN.
2: The preceding episode of The Worker's Mike was powered by the Midwest Coalition of Labor and sponsored by Megan Financial, Premise Health, and Voya Financial. For additional information and podcasts of The Worker's Mic, visit wgnradio.com.